What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point post-show edition of the Smart Guy Moment Smack Talk Podcast. We just got done watching Hell in a Cell 2022, and we're going to be talking about that right now, giving our full breakdown of everything that happened, our pros, our cons, our hits or misses, and everything else like that. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, is Robert E. Felice. I will never allow anyone to say anything bad about Cody Rhodes ever again. I wouldn't go that far. It's insane what we're going to be talking about tonight, though. And so, uh, I, look, unless he does something heinous, yeah. like <laughs> shit, I can't believe what I just saw. This uh, my energy is far higher up than what it was on the uh, in your house one because we had a way better pay per view and a lot more to talk about from what happened tonight. It's going to be an interesting one to go down here, so I'm hoping that we get more people in this live chat. If you are listening live, chat it up in the uh, the, the chat. That's kind of what it's called. If you're listening yes. to this after the fact, then by all means, still leave a comment and tell us what you thought about everything here. And, uh, you know, voice your opinion the way that everybody else is uh, is able to. But we, we have a lot to get into. So uh, before we get into it, let me just uh, remind everybody that the other things as well, remember hit that subscribe button hit that like button ring that little notification bell as well if you're like man i didn't know that you guys went live after this i don't know why you wouldn't have known i already mentioned it a million times but that way you get the email alerts just in case but also if you want to help us out on the monetary side of things and you want to make sure we do more content like this and more content in general consider opening up your wallets and tossing a little bit of a spare change our way whether it's through the little thanks button or it is the join button that is with the membership of YouTube and you can get access to the same things that you get on Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash moment, you'll see the same tiers dark cast here. Those are exclusive episodes. You can only get if you are on that tier or above it, like the pick a poison tier, which one you get to request something on there. So if you want to help out, that's a great way to do it. Also T public and Redbubble. But if you don't have the money, cause we understand things are the way that they are in the world these days. And you just want to help out as a free kind of method, Share this with somebody, you know, spread the word. Like every once in a while, I'll see somebody post something on Twitter and it'll be like, you know, uh, what are some podcasts that you follow or something? And they'll tag smart up. I mean, I always appreciate that stuff. That's awesome. So, uh, man, let's start getting into this. Let's get into it with the, this will be a full the big 45 minute breakdown of the, uh, kickoff event where nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, on going into the kickoff, we had this, Bonkers announcement. Cody Rhodes is injured. He tore his peck. And throughout the night, they had this weird wording where they kept saying, I forget exactly the, the verbiage that they used, but it was like, hey, there's all these reports that Cody Rhodes is injured. Well, that's not true. What is true is <laughs> Cody Rhodes got injured. <laughs> and I don't understand why they kept doing that. But then again, this is the same company that says you can't call it a hospital. You got to call it a medical facility. So I don't really know why they did that. Thank you to Marquise for the uh, super chat here. Adrenaline in my soul. I'll step back on Cody Rhodes. <laughs> um, so that was the big story. In a time frame where there wasn't a big story going into this, this was an event that really didn't seem like it mattered whatsoever. We had talked about this on the pre-show or the preview show. I should say not the pre-show where we were like, God damn, this card is kind of worthless and we don't need to watch this. And it's all a bunch of rematches and who cares and everything. And then it became, what the hell are they going to do with this Cody Rhodes thing? So that became easily the most interesting thing of the night. And it is going to continue to be the most interesting thing that we talk about here. But I got to say, there wasn't really like a bad match on here. The less interesting matches were, I mean, they weren't great some of them but for Every a complete on this card had a redeeming quality uh, i still think maybe not for some but they they weren't bad you know and that's not great you know i'm not going to be the type of person who's ever going to be like well you know bare minimum for something is the equivalent of great because it just isn't that there's different levels of everything everybody has to get more comfortable with not saying everything's an extreme so you're not going to hear me go like, oh man, Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens, worst fucking match ever. It wasn't. It was fine. It was it's way filler. better than, it was but, way better than I thought it would be. But there are a lot of things to talk about on here that I'll admit 
were better than I expected. And overall, my enjoyment value, despite there being a big lull in there where I was just like, I got no energy. I'm really feeling uh, down on this. There are some peaks and valleys, I guess I should say. It's getting hot in this room. I wish I could turn on the AC. Um, Every match for me well exceeded expectations. And it was a reminder that like even a filler match like a Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel was way better than something we would have seen as like a main event 16, 17 years ago. You know, like just from a bell to bell standpoint, the roster and the wrestlers now are just next fucking level. Everybody wrestles like it's going to be, you know, the headlining match at WrestleMania. And it's crazy because it sets this weird expectation of everybody has to steal the show. Yeah, it's uh, something we've talked about before where booking in WWE is awful, but the performers themselves go out there and they put on a pretty damn good show. And Peyton even saying it in the chat. Uh, too good. He says, yeah. I, I don't uh, want the weekly shows and everyone was doing the, this show, but I ended up having a lot of fun watching this. And we've talked about that before, too. If you don't watch the Raw yeah, and SmackDown and everything, the pay-per-views are instantly better just from you're that. In a much better position because mm. that means you're not sick of the content. Right. It means you're not sick of everything being a crazy 25-minute match. Or and being the fourth or fifth time that you've seen something. Cause it, it's, you know, you haven't right. seen and it. And then you just really fight. feel like for 10 bucks, mm-hmm. five, if you don't mind commercials, you're getting your money's worth for sure. Right. And I still hate that philosophy. I still don't think that that's what they should do is the whole, like, well, if you're not watching it, then, you know, the pay-per-views are better. And if you are watching it, shut up. You're watching it anyway. I don't like that kind of idea. And I still will crap on this as far as being like, you didn't have, the Intercontinental Championship match, you decided that that was just going to be on SmackDown just to appease the Fox people. You didn't have the Ronda Rousey thing because you just didn't have any other plans for that. You didn't have this. You didn't have that. Roman Reigns isn't here. But in a bubble, most of what was on this card was way better than I expected it to be. So there's going to be, this is not one of those uh, pay-per-views that's going to end up being the, the Tony goes nuts rant sort of situation. And we started it off with one of the best parts of the night, the triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship. Asuka, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch had a damn good match, as expected. Great performers. So, um, This match was nearly untouchable by everything on the show. They knocked it out of the park. They didn't do a finish I expected where Becky gets pinned. They decided to pin Asuka, and if I was... Just trying to nitpick, I'd knock them for pinning Asuka. But this match was phenomenal. These women proved that the women's competitors still deserve to be main eventing. This was terrific. I enjoyed this from start to finish. This was one of those matches that they never slowed down. They never had a lull segment where it was like, okay, well, you're just waiting to get to the next part or anything. They all did their jobs and I ended up enjoying every bit of it, except for, as you mentioned, I mean, Oscar loses again. And that's the type of thing where maybe they could have figured out a better way to do that, but that's a little bit nitpicky as well. Yeah. And I think that it's going to lead to Becky, Bianca title match at money in the bank. Maybe Oscar's the only one going in the ladder match. But I'm all right with it because honestly, I'm surprised that they've only done one major, major Becky Bianca match. I expected to see 14. (laughs) Yeah. I expected to see way more, including like hair versus title, including all that. So I expect Becky Bianca, maybe in the I quit match that Bianca never got to have with Bailey. At Money in the Bank. To be fair, we might skip forward a month and you might be like, okay, they just wanted to wait and do four more in like uh, June. They might. 
I do expect this to be Asuka's out of the title picture, though, because she lost to Becky, or she lost to Bianca, and then she lost here again to Bianca. So the justification of Asuka getting another shot is pretty low. Then again, we're talking about a company that doesn't follow logic, so they could very well just be like, she gets it because shut the fuck up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> shut up. That's why that kind of thing. But I, mean, I they didn't give her the out because like Becky had Bianca pinned twice and Asuka broke it up and then she had Asuka beat and Bianca just threw her out of the ring like no fanfare. She just threw her out of the ring and went and pinned Asuka. Now, I'm assuming you're in the uh, same agreement that what I'm pitching here. I am assuming Monday Night Raw, we get Becky Lunch comes out, cuts a promo, and says, I had that match won, you stole the pin, whatever. Then that leads to uh, Becky and Bianca again. Either it's at Money in the Bank or it happens on Monday Night Raw. Because I still kind of think that they might not necessarily do a Raw Women's Championship match on that card. But that all depends on... They gotta stack that deck. I think they're down Cody. Like, they gotta stack it. It's a smaller thing, and did they sell out already? Yeah, but now they gotta have a reason to, for people to still go to the show. I just think that that's because it's money in the bank. I fully expect them to be like, you know what? It's, uh, yeah, the gimmick sells itself. It doesn't matter who's in it. You're just curious who wins, aren't you? That kind of thing. Yeah, but I'm curious as to why after a year of selling it in Allegiant stadium that they didn't keep that same philosophy and then try to stack the ladder match. Maybe the ticket sales were really just that damn bad. Like maybe they didn't even sell a third or something. Well, they did. They did sell a third cause they sold about 20,000 and I think they were going for 60 and the venue they have now will seat like 18 or 19. Hmm. I mean, tomorrow, with Monday Night Raw, I got a feeling we're going to have a bit of a reset with some things. And yeah, maybe there's time for them to build something else up. But I, I do expect it to be Becky Lynch getting another shot at uh, Bianca. And I'll skip ahead to say I'm not going to be super duper. Like, oh my God, it's going to be the best thing ever. But then again, two great performers. The only problem is I would like to see something a little bit different. Um, I see that there is a... A mango emoji in the chat. Thank you for that. That's great. Uh, I didn't even know that was an emoji that they had available on here. That's awesome. I thought this was a great opener, though. And at the time, I was like, oh, it's all downhill from here. And, you know, we got some video packages of people like, you know, in a pre-show, they were doing a video package about Drew McIntyre. And it was like, he's not even on the card. Why are we doing this? We got a video package about Roman Reigns. He's not on the card. And we get a little thing with... Uh, on backstage segment, MVP and Omast are being approached by Cedric Alexander, who basically does what he's been doing before. Of like, hey, you know, what are we going to do out there? Because I'm totally your bud still and everything. And MVP says, knock it the fuck off. The Hurt Business is not coming back. Move on. Ever. <laughs> and that leads into the two-on-one handicap match, which as soon as that happens, I'm like, all right, well, Cedric is coming out to help out Bobby, right? Let's just wait until that happens. And basically that's the next point that I have because the rest of it was just a standard match. Honestly, I'm surprised that, and I'll skip ahead to even, yes, Bobby won with Cedric's help and they continued to show Cedric later in the night. I'm surprised that they did that much with Cedric Alexander and in a good way, but I'm very surprised. You know, I, I am, and I'm not, uh, I mean, I'm surprised that they did that because they could have easily just had, a lesser finish to this. And this at least makes somewhat sense because it's like, all right, well, Amos didn't take the pin and you had somebody interfere, but it's really not an interference in the same way because it's two on one to begin with. So he's just evening the odds just a tiny bit. But I think it's also because I think that they are going to have Amos beat the living shit out of Cedric tomorrow on raw. Oh, for sure. And for sure. that they kind of set this up as like, all right, Omas is going to lose this, but not really. And then he'll win another match and really squash that guy going forward. So, yeah, but in in a different life, they could have easily said the hurt business is over, and then they just go out there and MVP taps to the hurt lock like he did, and they do nothing with Cedric. Mm-hmm. So I'm just glad they did anything with Cedric. 
Yeah, this is still not something that I would end up saying like, well, I'm so great, uh, grateful that this was on the card and this was worth. I, I wasn't in it, what, two months ago when they were leading into WrestleMania. Two months ago. So to put it that way, I've had two months plus of a feud that I'm not all that interested in. So yeah, I still want this to just be over with and I don't want to see anymore, but I'll give them credit where it's due because I'll always give credit where it's due, even if it's against what I'm thinking or proved me wrong. This could have been worse. And the booking for it, not all that bad. <laughs> made, made a lot of sense and I'm glad Bobby won. I, interestingly enough, he took a fan's custom, or not custom, yeah. but replica WWE title and was like, I'm coming for this. Which, good. I want to see Lashley and Roman. And Hopefully yeah. at Money in the Bank, because he shouldn't have to wait two months to see it. Honestly, I know that the rumors from Meltzer were Riddle, Orton, McIntyre. I'd be alright if we uh, just bypassed Riddle. And we got straight to Bobby Lashley. And then, you know, maybe a, a Randy Orton match or something. But I want Bobby Lashley to get a fair match with Roman. I'd be cool with... Really, I mean, for the depending on what else they have in mind for the other people. If they were to do a match... Because I, I don't want Roman Reigns taking time off. I mean, why put the belt on him if you knew he was going to take time off like this. It's absolutely ridiculous, but I want him to defend at money in the bank. I want him to defend at SummerSlam and I want him to defend at clash to castle. And I want him to defend or wrestle in some fashion at survivor series and crown jewel and day one and Royal rumble. Like don't do the matches on raw and SmackDown, but make appearances and do the pay-per-views and if you're going to do Lashley and then Riddle and then Orton, or you're going to do Riddle and then Orton and then Lashley or whatever, as long as they have something for everybody else in the meantime, and they don't do what they did with Drew McIntyre, which is I'm going to challenge in September or whatever. The, it's September, right? That's when Clash of the Castle is. Or is it yeah. August? September. It's the same day as all out. No, it's the day before. Isn't before, it? Whatever. So like whatever. Uh, September 3rd, I think. So he's just like, hey, everybody, make sure that you stay tuned in three months when I end up challenging for that title. I guess I'll fuck around for a while. I don't want them to do that. I don't want Bobby Lashley to be like, I'm coming for this championship in, you know, fucking February (laughs) or whatever. But he should be fighting Roman at some point. And to allude to that, another thing that's like, good, do that. Get people interested. Start building some hype, you know? Yeah, I'm super into the idea of Bobby Lashley getting back in the title picture. I'm not super into Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens because you have more positives to say about this than I do. I really ultimately was just like, that's a match. Well, yes. For starters, you're not wrong. It was just a match. But it was so much better and so much more competitive than it had any right to be. And I think I wouldn't be as high on it if it wasn't for the fact that Owens beat him and he beat him good. You know? Two super kicks, cannonball, grabbed him for the stunner, screamed Elias in his face, stunned him, and then one, two, three. And I think I'm super into the idea that, yes, okay, even though I think this is dumb, Owens finally is back on the winning track. It's good Owens won, but meh, I, I'm fine with just moving on. <laughs> you know, I said before, I don't think that this is a feud that really translates to a match in any fashion. And I still feel like that's the case because at no point in this did it factor in about the whole Elias thing. They were just having a match. It is interesting because it's like, well, well, what did he do? Right. Like he beat him. Right. But he didn't. It's he didn't get like any confirmation, said, okay, and he yeah, beat me so I'm less. But Owens did uh, on the bump. He really was like, "No, I win because it's a moral victory. Because screw you, I'm right, and I know I'm right, and up yours." <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm just expecting them right after this to be like, if the match didn't happen, that the feud would progress the same. You know. 
Like he's no. he's gonna come out on Marah and he's gonna be like, "You're you are still Elias." I admit it. So, what do you think? Because I think both of these guys will be Money in the Bank. I don't. What do you think is better, qualifying matches or just like just say who's in the match? Considering how few matches on TV outside of the like, we're gonna put the Intercontinental Championship on there because that'll make Fox feel like we're doing something important. Considering how few matches actually matter, I want qualifying matches because then you're at least invested in it. Like if I'm going to watch Monday night raw and it's going to be Liv Morgan against Rhea Ripley and they're just having a match for the sake of it. It ultimately doesn't matter. There's no stakes. And if there is, you know, Veer Mahan beats somebody it's building towards Vera Mahan, but I know that he's going to squash him and I'm too burned out on wrestling as it is. So I, I want to skip to the thing that is the interesting part instead of the build. You know what I mean? Fair enough. And Kevin Owens and Ezekiel, I think is exactly the type of match that could be a qualifying match. Then you get actual stakes to it. It's a rematch. Probably Ezekiel end up winning that now that he lost this one. I'm more into the idea of Owens winning it because he's a more believable Mr. Money in the Bank. But I like that idea that you can have that match and then I actually have to have something to report afterward. You know, speaking for somebody, obviously you and I both do this as our jobs. So we have that kind of angle that other people might not necessarily have, but I want to have things to talk about when the show ends, as opposed to being like this guy, like, you know, Rey Mysterio beat Chad Gable. Okay. And then what? You know what I mean? <laughs> but if Rey Mysterio beats Chad Gable and he gets in the money bank, I go, oh, okay, so Rey Mysterio is in the money bank now. I wonder if he's going to be somebody who is in contention to win or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I think that that's the way to go. But then again, there is a benefit to just announcing the people if they have enough people and they have enough interesting things that they don't need to waste that time. Because then you could just be like, look, all these people are going to be in that. And then let's start having these tag matches and let's do these crossover things. What I don't want them to do is to announce here are the six people that are in it or the eight people that were in it. And then for the next five weeks or when is money in the bank again? Three weeks. Three? Only three weeks? I guess it's four. I thought I thought we were deeper in June than we are. It's four. Yeah, I don't want to see them go. These are all the people. And then they just do. Okay, so it's going to be this one against that one and this one against that one. And then what's the answer one? For four weeks. I'd rather see, you know, a week or two of qualifying matches. But speaking of Rhea Ripley, yeah. uh, go ahead. Uh, just to wrap up the, that talk, I just kind of feel like everything that they would do, I've seen it. So skip the qualifiers and just tell us who's in so we can start getting excited for, okay, who can potentially win. I guess another part of it is if they're going to have blatantly obvious qualifying matches, then they don't necessarily need to. Like if you're going to put, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody who would be in this match. Like um, if you're going to put Drew McIntyre, for instance, up against Umberto. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Umberto is not going to win that. So then then I don't need to see it. But yeah, had some people in the chat talking about the Cody Rhodes situation. Yeah, we're. uh, we're going to talk about what we think is happening next for that. Um, but what's up, William? What's up, uh, Kalen? And uh, let's get into that six-person mixed tag team match. This was one of those things that, if this was a main event of Monday Night Raw, be a good main event for Monday Night Raw. It was fine enough filler, but it left so much to the imagination because nothing happened. They just won a pointless six-person tag. Nobody turned... Nobody interfered, nobody showed up, nobody changed sides. Nothing to talk about here. Did Judgment Day won a match? Okay. So first and <laughs> first, I want to say that Edge and Damien had matching gear. <laughs> Rhea Ripley did not, but Rhea. she confirmed on Twitter that her gear did not arrive in time. Oh, that's what it so was. I not- thought she just got the wrong memo of what uh, shade of purple. It's, and it's not like okay, she's just going to start wearing that now. Her gear didn't arrive, which, you know, is cool. And I like that they were trying to match 
because it's the little things, Tony. Um, this match was a lot of fun. I didn't see AJ get busted open. You know, a lot of people were talking about, oh, he got busted open badly. I didn't see that. I liked AJ. I liked uh, Edge putting Finn because you know that's cool that they got to do that because I'm sure both guys were on each other's bucket lists. Uh, Plus, I mean, he already beat Styles twice, so why beat him a third time? We'll talk about that later. But (laughs) Uh, three stars, I would say, like perfectly serviceable. Peyton tossing out in there. Rhea's uh, outfit left me with a lot of my imagination. <laughs> yeah. I see a lot of people um, talking about the, the thigh community. <laughs> the, 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 thigh the thigh community. community. The thigh community, indeed. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and good for Liv. I'm never going to knock the fact that Liv Morgan was in a featured match on a pay-per-view. I feel like this match, quite honestly, was more uh, special than the match she had at day one. With Becky. Really? You know? In the, sense that that, in the sense that, like, this match, there was more intrigue. I don't think anybody thought she was beating Becky at day one. You know? She could have won with AJ Styles and Finn Balor. Sure, but wouldn't have mattered. If they would have won, it would have just been another random win. So If, if Liv got the win, it might have mattered. If, like, Finn pinned Damian Priest, no, it wouldn't have mattered. Do you think we're going to get Rhea and Liv in a qualifying match and only one of them is going to be a money in the bank, or do you think they both are going to be? Honestly, depending on what they want to do with Becky and Bianca, Rhea can easily slide in, or she can slide in by winning money in the bank and being the one that immediately cashes in same night. Because they always do that, where like one of them cashes in right away. I can see Rhea winning money in the bank and cashing in same night against Bianca. We haven't had a women money in the bank last more than a day in, yeah, was it three years, four years? We had uh, Asuka do the whole thing with... um, Five. uh, Carmella won in 2017. She cashed it in in 2018. Last year was Nikki. Who waited one day. Yeah, she cashed in on uh, Charlotte. What was it, right? Yeah, Charlotte on Raw. Asuka won, but she just won the belt. Then it was Bailey who cashed in the same night. And, and then, then it was Alexa who cashed in on the same night. No, it can't be that much, really. Yeah, it's been five years. Goddamn. Really? Wow. Yep. <laughs> yeah, three out of the four. Ended up just doing that. Wow. Yeah, and it's only because like Oscar doesn't count. <laughs> okay, well, you know, maybe this year is going to be a little bit different, but so uh, that's exactly why I feel like okay, you know, Rhea Ripley will cash in same night and beat Bianca Belair, and they can do that feud for a little bit. It makes me a little bit nervous that maybe that would happen because I would rather it be that Rhea, if she wins, Rhea would hold it for a little bit and they could not just take the belt off of Bel Air. But, I mean, for them to do that that many times in a row, it really kind of makes it call into question. Especially because it's like, well, if Roman's not there, nobody can cash in. So, it's not like anybody's going to be able to cash in when you don't have this. Unless you do that thing where it's like, oh, well, you know what? I'm cashing in right now, and if Roman can't answer, he forfeits. (laughs) That would be pretty fucking funny. That would be hysterical. Nobody's done that angle yet. should try it. But, uh, yeah, so Judgment Day wins. I think that there is still an opportunity that on raw they're going to do something where Finn Balor turns. I think they might end up being like, you know, he ends up being like, you know, well, I lost that match and I would have won that match if I would have just been part of the judgment day. Uh, Damian priest in interviews was laying it on thick that AJ should just join us. AJ styles should really just be the one who joins us. Hmm. Like they're like, Oh, but what about Champa? He's like AJ styles. I've seen that in multiple interviews to the point where now I'm like, is AJ Styles just going to join them? It's not what I would do, so I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, I wouldn't but, go in that direction. But then again, I don't know what the hell I would do with AJ Styles after this either, because... Honestly, if it wasn't like, for the fact that the belts are on the Usos, I'd make Edge and Priest tag champions. I'd been down for that, yeah. 
I'd rather go on edge. Priest and Balor, but I like Edge and Priest because it gets a belt on Edge. He doesn't have to. It's not like a singles belt, and you know it's something that Priest can add to the list. See, I'd rather go the Balor route because they could wrestle more often, and Balor hasn't won a tag title yet. I mean, you never know. Maybe they do end up doing that. Yeah, still think that Champa could be a, another option, but I guess we're gonna find out on Raw. Uh, we mentioned already that we know one thing that's probably going to happen on Raw, which is that uh, Amaz is going to beat the living shit out of Cedric Alexander. But they had a little backstage segment where Cedric had talked to Lashley and he said, that wasn't for you, that was for me. And he's basically going to stand out on his own now. And Lashley said he's proud of him, but said, don't ever mess with my matches ever again. And uh, shout out to Big Swole for her tweet. <laughs> Cedric had a good night, and I think that will <laughs> Uh, check it out if you're interested in anybody uh, check out her Twitter account for you to get that joke um, that led to a no holds barred match where it was uh, Corey, Corey Graves and Michael Cole on commentary Pat McAfee not having uh, to do his duties do you think that this was him saying look I'm not going to fucking fly out and call one match or do you think it was WWE going you don't need to fly out for one I match I think that was WWE going you don't need to fly out and call one match I didn't even think about it until you just said that. I think it was WWE saying, you don't need to fly out for one match. I would hope that they would have the foresight for that and not that he had to call them out on it. Because really, why would he have bothered? Michael Cole's there. You know, he's a producer and everything. So he's going to be there anyway. That's that. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. But if it is true, where Cole only missed two shows in like 20 something years. It's insane. That's off to that guy. But yeah, I, look, I know people don't like Michael Cole. I don't know why. I think a lot of it has to do with the, you replaced my childhood, you replaced JR. Hmm. But hats off, you know, like he's been there so long. He is the voice of WWE. Hey, if you are missing JR, you can watch uh, AEW Dynamite and have him talk about the WWE champion all you want. <laughs> <laughs> With his enthusiastic, uh, like, oh yeah, that's uh, it's Wednesday night. You know what that means. And so, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see what other notes I had on this. Um, Mad Cat Moss, of course. Uh, I don't think we had a chance to talk about this actually. Mad Cat Moss looks so much better without those suspenders. So much better. I look at him and I go, without the name Mad Cat Moss, he could win the Royal Rumble. You know, like. That looks like a guy who could easily win a Royal Rumble. I wouldn't go that far yet, but I can see in him why they would want to push him. And if they were to do something like, for instance, I fully expect Gunter to win the Intercontinental Championship. I've been saying that for weeks now, that he should probably beat Ricochet immediately because they do not give a shit about Ricochet in that title. But I do expect Gunther to fight somebody like Drew McIntyre at Mania. And down the line, I could see Reddick Moss maybe being the guy that could beat Gunther or at least putting up a good enough of a fight that I would buy into it. Push Moss, you know, don't push him to the top too far, too yet, uh, too yet, <laughs> too soon. But I, I see something in him. He's always fired up. He's always energetic. He's gotten better. He's better at talking now. Like, yeah, he's working his way up. Maybe some other people in NXT would do that if you give him more than three months. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I see Jeb in the chat. Is Michael Cole just worried about his push? <laughs> He's worried about his push. Connie. Uh the match itself though, it, it was pretty good. You know, they had their spots here and there. Nothing too crazy, not super duper memorable. I don't remember any like big spots. I like the end though. The uh do the whole spot with Corbin's neck is inside the steel chair and Moss slams down the steel steps onto it. Cool. Makes sense. That's what he did. Yep. yep. Perfect. Perfect revenge. He looks serious. He feels like a threat. Now do the same thing with Corbin. Have <laughs> him go away and come back and, you know, be a badass. Be the lone wolf. Uh, the happy Corbin thing needs to end for sure. Even if you just, like, if you keep the stupid hat or whatever it is, but you stop calling him Happy Corbin, because it is so weird when it's like, oh, Mad Cap just hit Happy. 
What the fuck are we watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dumb. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Moving on to another segment. We got the United States Championship match. And I had already written out Theory retains by pinfall because that was obviously going to happen. And uh, it was just a match. You know, nothing really all that great. Yeah. Um, I was the optimist who was like, yeah, put put the belt on Ali. Listen, Theory is so fighting John Cena. It's not even funny. It has to happen, yeah. Throughout that- this match, on commentary, uh, Corey said, oh, he thinks he's untouchable. That was a lot <laughs> that, that came out of his mouth. Uh, there was the oh, we're seeing ruthless aggression by theory. I didn't catch that one either. I got the STF, obviously, because I was there was the STF. And then when he took the selfie, Corey said something like, I can't even see it, or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so he's going to fight John Cena at something, even if it's not SummerSlam. We, well, we got it like. SummerSlam, Clash at the Castle, Crown Jewel. Technically speaking, Survivor Series is a big show, but they're not going to treat that the same way because it's not going to be a stadium show. So they're going to... Three with Theory and Cena, just one for the American audience, and then two Cena appearances for the overseas audiences at Crown Jewel and Clash at the Castle. Did Cena ever do anything in the Saudi Arabia stuff? He did the first match on the first one, it was him against Triple H, just because. All right, so I don't think that he would be popping up a crown jewel then. I would lean more towards Clash of the Castle, but it depends on his schedule. And I don't know, too. man. If Brock ain't around and Goldberg ain't around, I think they might call on Cena to do the Saudi show. Yeah, but he could always say no. He could. And they could just be like, all right, well, you know what? Instead for crown jewel, we're going to have... Insert Shane. gimmick. Oh God, Ins- chain. Yeah. Insert chain. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I mean, we got Austin this year, so that's true. It's crazy, but yeah, I mean, he has to have a match with John Cena, whether it's at something like SummerSlam or maybe it's even wait like until WrestleMania next year. I don't think that's going to be the case, though. I'm expecting SummerSlam or Clash the Castle, and I'm expecting SummerSlam. John wins. And then Theory can roll him up and get it back at Clash the Castle or something. Guess <laughs> uh, five in the chat. Ric Flair's still around. Have him at Crown Jewel, right? Yeah, God. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, yeah, so Ali loses, and it is what it is. And then that leads into the main event. And at this point, they're still advertising that Cody Rhodes is going to have a match with Seth Rollins inside the Hell in the Cell cage. And we are going... How is he supposed to do this? He has a torn pack and he, uh, Seth, he being Seth Rollins comes out. He's got the yellow polka dots on, which was a good touch. Cody Rhodes comes out. He's not lifting his arm. He takes the coat off a gnarly bruise. Very gnarly. clearly a torn pack type bruise based off of the ones that we've seen other people have like triple H. And I don't know how this happened. But they have not only a full match, but a Hell in a Cell match. So they've got, you know, they're hitting each other with weapons. Uh, Cody is getting powerbombed through the turnbuckle table kind of setup. We've got a bull rope factoring in here, which had a very satisfying bonk when he hit Rollins in the head. Just as like bonk kind of thing. He is doing every move the way that you would think that it would be if he was perfectly fine. You know, he's doing the crossroads. He's getting yanked in that arm. Uh, Seth has a kendo stick and he's poking him in that spot. They end up having not only a full match in that, a good match. Yeah. Look, as far as modern cells go, that was really good. And at some point, you just stop caring about the quality of the match because. A man is wrestling with one arm, and it's so gnarly and dis- discolored, and uh, such a f- it was a good match. I do want to like knock the crowd because guy's getting fucked up with his bad arm, and the- and Rollins pulls out a table, and the people just go nuts. 
Yeah, like, thank yay! you, Rollins. More violence. Fuck <laughs> yeah, table. It's like, yo, Cody's got one arm. Can we not do this? <laughs> I don't fundamentally know how they... No, I don't know how Cody did it if he's injured the way that it seems like he is because I certainly fucking could not. So if he is, I'm not even wearing a hat right now, but hats off to him for being able to pull that off. That's really fucking tough. But I also just fundamentally don't know how the hell would he be medically cleared to compete? That seems dangerous as all hell. Yeah, that's one of those things where you go, all right, but next time... Somebody gets a boo-boo, and you got to be like, oh, well, you know, uh, we're not going to allow, you know, we're not going to allow Theory to compete because he's got a broken pinky, you know? And you're going to be like, well, fucking Cody had a completely discolored arm, and you just let him go. Leaving just the idea that he could have had, like, a, you know, you're going to be out for four months type deal. I don't know how long these things are and how bad his injury is. And it could be like, well, now you're making it worse and you're making it worse and worse and worse. And now he could be out for three years or something for all we know, yeah, <laughs> or like- that he might not be able to heal at, you know? And part of me thinks still, just because I'm so like trained for this kind of thing, part of me is like, I don't know, maybe it's makeup. Maybe it's just work. But then another part of me goes, if it's just real, he just has a torn pack. That's legit. He went ahead and went ahead through the match and everything. And they, for some reason, medically cleared him, despite the fact that that's really dangerous or whatever. There is part of me that goes, I think the reason why is so he could be like, all right, you can all shut the fuck up. I did it. I earned that respect, or at least I damn sure should have, because I don't want to hear anybody going like, yeah, you know, I'm a little bit sick of Cody Rhodes now, you know, that kind of thing. And maybe it's something that helps them out in the long run for like the boys in the back and just being like, everybody could just be like, you know, Cody fucking wrestled a damn good main event hell in a cell match with a torn pack going into it. Not even like you finished the match. You went in with that. That's a big difference. A lot of people talk about how insane it was that triple H will finish a match when he's injured or Cena will finish a match. When he got injured three quarters of the way through or yeah, like the Foley situation to go into it, knowing you've got a torn pack and to wrestle that damn well. And to, I mean, this wasn't a short match. Yeah. 20 minute match where you're getting yanked down your arm and, you know, getting uh, chopped with a, with a belt that just sounded awful. And Cody Rhodes to me is what, old school professional wrestlers were, you know, like he's got that pride and I'm surprised they let him go, but I hope that, you know, it's something where people can see, Hey, this guy really cares. Now, granted, people are still going to be like, Oh, I'm sick of Cody. They don't care. You know, just like how people go, I'm, I hate judgment day. Oh, I hate edge. I wish he wasn't around. It's like, that's ridiculous. When you think about how we, nearly you know never saw him wrestle again for the rest of forever but people are just fickle and they'll get that way with cody and i say fuck them because after that performance i want cody to be world champion i wanted that to begin with but now even more so i'm really hoping roman reigns beats the rock at wrestlemania and he loses the belt to cody and I yeah. don't want people booing that either. I don't want to be like, oh my God, of course Cody won. Blah, 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 all the herders, you know. But <laughs> this even more so is just like, maybe, I don't know, maybe this is a blessing in disguise. And I've said this plenty of times on different podcasts and everything. I'm very much like on the fence about the whole uh, karma, destiny, things happen for a reason kind of things. But I do run into some situations here and that make me think about that. And, you know, whether it's like not to get too deep on things, but like when I go, Hey, I I met my wife through LinkedIn, like what the hell, like how, how does that happen? You know, or, you know, maybe the way that you're going to take the road to work, you end up running late and that ends up being like a 12 car pile up and you wouldn't have 
gotten injured and, you know, that, that kind of thing. But maybe this is one of those deals where we're going to look back on this and we're going to end up being like, this is the opposite of Brock Lesnar beating The Undertaker and putting us on the worst timeline. This could be what keeps Cody from being the guy that people get burned out on over the course of the next six months. And then when it is time for him to come back and potentially win the championship, people aren't going to be sour on it. Yeah, and I hope that they're not. And I hope that everybody understands that Cody loves this and deserves this. Because he went out there and told the full story. Bull rope and all. Like, they did a match where I know for a fact that was everything they had planned. You know? If they didn't do some other things that they had planned, I'm sure it was just like supplemental stuff. It wasn't anything like, well, you know, we had this whole big setup and we were going to do this and that and that and that. Because they pretty much checked off everything off the list. They did a little bit more than I thought that they would have done prior to the injury. Of course, way more than I thought that they would have done with the injury. Yeah, and honestly, we watched the match together. That's notable because we don't usually do that. And the entire time I'm going, huh, they rang the bell. Huh, they're just having a wrestling match. Okay, huh, he had to use his bad arm to kick out on that one. Jesus, the discoloration in the arm is a visual I'll never get over like that was gross watching that whole match was really difficult but hey they delivered fucking they delivered the match that they said they would do cody and rollins and hell in a cell rollins didn't even win which is kind of an issue because it's like all right you couldn't even beat cody with one arm but hey they they told the story that they set out to tell and I'm okay with Rollins losing because in the grand scheme of things, Rollins is fine. You know, it's not like he's yeah. somebody who needs to worry about his credibility. He's not losing to a nobody. He's not uh, going on a three year losing streak and then still fighting for the championship or whatever. He's going to end up being totally fine out of this. And Payne brings up a good point. The, uh, the crowd just becoming, in awe when he took the jacket off and everybody's just sort of like, is he going to fucking wrestle? <laughs> that was really cool that he was able to do this. And I hope that this ends up being something that actually stretches over time. And people don't forget about that because Cody deserves a lot of props for this, like major kudos. And However many months he's going to take off, because he, look, if you have that torn pack, you're going to take time off. He's not going to be at Money in the Bank. I still don't know how he was wrestling here, but I fully do not expect him to be pulling a John Cena and just being like, all right, you know, in uh, three weeks, he'll be back and totally fine. But whether he comes back this year or he comes back at Royal Rumble or something, I'm going to be super excited to see what he does next. And I'm very interested and morbidly curious how WWE is going to pivot going forward for this because they were really banking on, Hey, we got Cody Rhodes. Nothing else really matters, but we got Cody. Aren't you fucking interested? I mean, you look at the way that this, uh, pay-per-view was advertised. We didn't have Roman. We didn't have either of his two championships. We didn't have Ronda and her championship. We didn't have the intercontinental title. We didn't have big names like uh, Drew McIntyre or, you know, the tag team titles weren't on the line when they very easily could have. Not sure if uh, Shinsuke's actually injured. Do you think uh, that's the case? Uh, with the way that injuries are flying around, yes. Wouldn't be shocking because what? Uh, Zack Ryder Punk, and Punk, Punk and Brian, Cody and... Cardona, yeah. Cody, it's like... Everybody who is sniffing around a championship or whatever is in some kind of injury. What's up with Danielson right now? Is it still the, the ankle thing or whatever? Or I something think it else? was... Uh, I'm not sure if he was just selling anarchy, but... He missed a meet and greet, and the reason given is because he's injured and couldn't couldn't be there. So everyone's injured right now, which totally sucks for all of wrestling. Here's uh, an interesting thing to talk about for this. If you're upset that Bray Wyatt didn't come out, that's not WWE's fault. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, if you've heard any of these podcasts, you read it in these articles, I'm 
fully calling WWE out on bad booking on nine out of 10 things, but you can't go into a pay-per-view expecting there to be a surprise like that. And then if it doesn't happen that you blame WWE for it, they didn't advertise it whatsoever. He is not in the company. He got released. What? Two years ago at this point, Uh, a year ago, he just hit a year or he will be hitting a year later this month. He hasn't wrestled in a year and a half. And then we got people that are like, oh, man, I was expecting MJF to come out. Why? <laughs> Why are you expecting MJF? He's yeah, employed like, by AEW. Like, yeah, I know he did the promo, but that's doesn't work that way. <laughs> I had said to you, and I even put out a tweet about it, that like, yeah, if there's ever a time to just call an audible and get Wyatt in there, it'd be right now when the guy's got a bad arm. But no, they didn't promise anything, so you can't be weirdly offended or upset by it. But we did, when we were watching this and everybody had been speculating about the Wyatt thing, we were thinking, I wonder if Bray Wyatt is going to attack him and that's going to be even more of a setup to just like, you know, Cody Rhodes is celebrating in the ring and then the lights flicker and whatever and we get Bray Wyatt there and after he just wrestled that match, it's not like he can't take one more move, you know? And then uh, it didn't happen. But again, you can't be like, oh, that didn't happen. Worst pay-per-view of all time. I am not at all expecting Bray Wyatt to even be back in WWE. So to me, that's not, that's a non-factor, but I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. Like what does Rollins do? Obviously Cody doesn't do anything cause he's going to take time off. And it, he seemed like he was pretty sure the bet to win money in the bank. But again, maybe this is a blessing in disguise because maybe if he would have won money in the bank, all they would have done yeah, maybe all they would have done is just had him lose to Roman Reigns and then be like, oh, he's got to fight his way back. Because they do love doing that. That whole, like, you lost, but you're going to have to work your way back up the whole system and everything. I don't think that that would have been the best way to go. And I don't like this NXT Shawn Michaels booking, even if it's not Shawn Michaels, but I keep calling it that, of, like, you lose the first time that you're going for the championship and then you can come back around and you can win the title. And then that's going to mean more because you suffered that loss and everything. I have no idea who could win money in the bank right now and how that can factor into any moment of the year whatsoever, unless, and this is lame, but I'm going to put it out there as a possibility that WWE win might do unless Drew McIntyre wins. And he says, I want to fight you at Clash the castle. Like I said, and it's on the contract and they just fucking wait three months. I'd be all right with that as opposed to just like, and I said I was going to fight for the title three months from now. So I am. Hmm. I'm still waiting for someone to one, wait a whole year. They haven't done that story. They haven't had someone just cash in like, go, you know what? Fuck the world on the winner. I want to, you know, be in the main event of WrestleMania. And they haven't done this one. I always thought that this would be fun. Person wins Royal Rumble that has money in the bank. They lose. Then they they immediately cash in money in the bank, try to get their win back, and lose again. You know, like, there there's so many different stories you can do with money in the bank, and they seem to... It's just slotted as their get-out-of-jail-free card. Like, look at last year. Well, we need a ratings boost. Hey, Big E, tweet that you're going to cash in your briefcase and then just, I don't know, do it. (laughs) (laughs) I still think that they had a huge missed opportunity with The Miz, where Otis won and then The Miz won in, like, December. I thought it would have been so good if he would have kept that up until Money in the Bank, and then they could have had him be like, you know, well, I've got a full year to cash in. And then Adam Pierce could have been like, no, dude, no, you gotta do it by the end of the you've night. got from money in the bank to money in the bank. It doesn't reset when you do that. And then Miz could be like, fuck, I got to try to figure out a way to cash in. And then for a couple weeks leading up to money in the bank, every time he tries to cash in, something happens. It makes him go, no, 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 never mind. I, I got one more week, that kind of thing. And then when you're at money in the bank, you've got a Mr. Money in the bank or Ms. Money in the bank from the last year. And it's like, time is running out. I always thought that that would be a good idea. 
and it right, would have or, to be somebody like the Miz. It wouldn't, you know, they couldn't do that with like Montez Ford wins this, and then he's just being a dipshit for a year. It's got to be a heel. Like Sami Zayn would be great for that, you know. And then you do the thing where, like, let's say if it isn't something as cheeky as "Hey, you got to do it now because we need the briefcase back to hang it up," you could do. Oh, I finally cashed in and won the belt, and then you immediately get cashed in on. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, uh, though, saying that, I just said a second ago, Sami Zayn would be great for that. One of the possibilities that they could do is Sami Zayn. He could win Money in the Bank, and since they had this whole thing with the bloodline and he's trying to get in with them, it could be like, yeah, but you know you're not going to cash in, right? And he could be like, no, no, of course I'm not going to. I'm going to wait until until somebody beats Roman and then I can bring it back to the bloodline and whatever. Like, you know, like he can play into that kind of thing. That's currently my pitch. That's what I would probably do. But then again, yeah, I have no pitches for the men. And my only pitch for the women is Ripley. I guess tomorrow night we're going to figure out a little bit more because they're going to start building up to money, in the bank and you know, fall out from hell in the cell. It's going to factor in. We don't know more about the situation from Cody and where they go with like the judgment day and everything. But now uh, Frankie's tossing out if Charlotte's back in time, she's going to win money in the bank. I hope not. <laughs> it's one of the few things she, she has left to do, yet. but yeah, I, I just don't want to see her she doing that. She hasn't done it. She'd be the first. She'd, be, she'd have won everything if she wins. You know, that's, that's not a bad deal. Usually this time of year, I always say, Remember, everybody, money in the banks is a, <laughs> is a pun. Sasha but, uh, in the bank. So, something tells me I don't think we're going to see money in the banks this year. Yeah, I got a good feeling that <laughs> she might not be in the highest of regards right now and in that kind of a uh, position. But crazier things have happened. So, you know, in the uh, near future, we're going to have some other pay per view points going forward with that being one of them. I think that might actually be the next one, right? Money Bank comes before Forbidden Door? Uh, yep. So it's no. Money, or is it no, Money Forbidden Bank Door, and then Forbidden, Forbidden Door? Door? No, Forbidden Door is first. When is that? It's uh, four weeks from... from uh, No, it's three weeks from yesterday, now that it's past midnight. Yeah, June 26th, and then we got July 2nd for Money in the Bank. So yeah, Forbidden Door coming up next, so then uh, Money in the Bank. But the next main event of this podcast, we don't know yet. I haven't figured it out for this week, but if you have any suggestions, drop them in the comments below and we will factor that all in. We might do a Mount Rushmore. We might do a fan tracks. I don't know. Uh, or finance table over around here. It's fan tracks on fanboys. By the way, check out fanboysanonymous.com. Show some love over to the blue brand. Hit that like button. Follow those accounts. Subscribe. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, of course, stay tuned to smartcatmama.com for everything else that's happening. Any kind of updates that we factor into Things like when Callum's going to write up the next power rankings or when we start doing our updates for the Money in the Bank stuff, you know, that will be updated pretty soon. Uh, for anybody who's wondering if I have Cedric Alexander as turning babyface, I do not have that down yet. I have it down as pending because we don't know if that's really going to stick. I but think the, the fist bump was enough. More than likely it is, but I want to see at least a little bit more for it. Um, blah, 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 blah. I don't think there's any other notes that I've got from at least to talk about this. So if I'm going to round out the plugs, I'll just say to follow me at Tony Mango and stay tuned for the other things that I write up on EWN and Bleach Report because I'm going to break down this pay-per-view, I don't know, three more times probably. <laughs> That's everything I do. I do a hundred times. But also check out what Rob's got going on. Yep. Follow me everywhere at Dude Felice, including Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch, I recently hit Twitch affiliate. So, you know, use those Amazon Prime subs if you feel so inclined. I, I do want to get more into the streaming world and kind of see what's there for me. As, you know, I love what I do here, but, like, want to branch out from wrestling. So we'll see. As far as the Fantasy League goes, we don't know. Uh, Callum hasn't filled us in on that yet, but I know I lost because I picked um, I picked Omas at MVP. Stupid me. We don't know what his uh, guesses were even. So I don't that's know. True. <laughs> that's true. Uh, he could have won. He could have won. If not, then I'm pretty sure that I would have won because I think I got all the right. I don't remember for sure, but uh, that's going to be an interesting thing too. I think I was currently in the lead anyway, but. Callum, next time he's on, he will 
fill everybody in on that. Um, sure, he'll update WWFantasyLeague.com as well, and he'll be able to, you know, fill us in on different points and different trades and everything. I don't know if we'll do that as part of like the main event or if we'll do that on hunt tags or something, but it'll happen and we'll let you know about that. Uh, Frankie in the chat says, get ready for Cedric and Bobby against MVP and Amos tomorrow. I'm still thinking yeah. Amos yeah, think just against happens. Cedric, but it could be a tag team match. I, I think, think they can do one or the other match happens. And then, and then Cedric gets killed. <laughs> and, um, I guess, uh, anything else that'll happen throughout this week, we'll lump that in with the next two podcasts, but, uh, yeah, you know, stick to it uh, on uh, Facebook and Twitter at Smartout Moment, and you never know what might be popping up. But thank you for uh, listening to this. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the super chat from uh, earlier from uh, Marquise. And I don't know. Thank you for leaving your comments. If you're leaving a comment, if you're not, then you don't deserve that. Thank you. <laughs> I guess I don't know. But we will see you next time with whatever it is that you click on next, everybody. And until then, have a great night, great great day, or great whatever it is. Have a great meal. Adios for now. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we are being counted out.